Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. And welcome to episode 314 of Geek Town Radio. I am back this week with... Matt, how are you doing? I'm okay, David. How are you? I'm good. Thank you very much. What have you been up to the last few weeks? Well, apart from some life events, I went back to Last of Us 2 yesterday. Um, yeah. There's, Which I know I've played the game quite a few times, but there's still two more things for me to do. <laughs> There's two trophies that I haven't got, basically. One's for doing the game on permadeath. Right. And one's for doing the game on, I think it's called Grounded, which is the hardest difficulty. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I say permadeath, you don't have to do it for the whole game, which is good because it's like a 20-hour game and you don't want to die right at the end and have to start again. No. You can either do it per chapter, per act, or for the whole game. Okay. And on the, tro- on the trophy, it says do permadeath on any setting, so it's not restricted to that. Right. And I decided... I'm going to tackle both of these at the same time. Stupid thing to do. Um, which some some people have done it, and I, I don't know how you did the whole game like that. So what I did, I put it on permadeath and light. Light is the second easiest difficulty, but because there's so much stress of like, okay, if I die here, I start 20 minutes back or whatever. Right. I thought it'd be best to like make the game easier, but then still have the difficult stress of like the permadeath on. Yeah. It's still really like stressful to do that though, because you're just thinking, crap, if I if I die here you know I start 20 minutes back or for however long the chapter's been yeah but it's not something I can really play for two three hours <laughs> at mm. a time because it is just so stressful so I'll, I'll sort of chip away at it now and again when I'm in the mood to do so but once I probably get used to it I'll be able to play a bit more of it and stuff and I mean I know that game very very well by now it's just the stress of like okay if I die I start from way back which is good that I didn't do it for the whole game because otherwise that would just be madness yes um, although I've seen like evidence of people in because i'm in some last of us two groups some people that have finished the game on grounded permadeath whole game <laughs> I'm, like, I, I'm like i don't know how you even did that like that, I, I, that should be a trophy in itself surely that that would be too difficult of a, of a trophy though i think yeah yeah um but i've seen people because you once you finish the game at the end you get all your stats so people have taken screenshots and proven that they've like right done that and i, I have no idea how you would go about doing that yeah, because it's not a nuts. short game either. So, no. Um, but no, I've started the first couple of bits and uh, I wanted to get to a particular point in the story. So I got there yesterday and I sort of put it down and then uh, did some other stuff. Still a fantastic game though. It's just the added stress of that. So what I'm going to do, I keep going through with it just sort of now and again when I'm uh, when I'm up for it kind of thing. Uh, yeah. You haven't played the game yet, have you? No, I haven't got around to it yet. My PS4 is kind of sat gathering dust and I just don't get around to playing it anywhere near as much as I probably 
probably should do. And I'm sure I'll buy a PS5 at some point and that will sit there and I won't play it anywhere near as much as I probably should do. So, yeah. uh, yeah. You're more of a a PC person, aren't you? Yeah, very much so. So, yeah. Next thing I've got is uh, I've been watching C. I know you've been watching it as well. The Jason Momoa, now Dave Batista joined. Yes. Season two, we're at four episodes, five episodes into the season. Four, I think we're in at the moment. Still really, really great. I've still got the same like compliments as, as before. I think the concept is really great. Some of the fight scenes are fantastic. I think that's some of the highlights of the show, actually. Yeah. Really. Because uh, as much as I do follow the story still, some of the dialogue is a bit... Uh, bit sort of Shakespearean at, at certain points yes. especially especially when it comes to that queen character yeah, very much so, so um and she's still very much like yeah she's a bit a mad queen and that sort of stuff but she's one of them villains that you kind of love to watch she, she's very very entertaining in a lot of her scenes so I think that's been uh really really good so far this season what do you think so far yeah no it's been great I mean as I said I think when it came back that opening episode you sort of forget quite how brutal it is and then it reminds you very, very quickly, quite how brutal it is in that yeah. very opening episode. Uh, and uh, that first episode was written by Jonathan Tropper, who is the person responsible for Banshee and the Warrior Cinemax series, which runs on Sky, well, Sky One, as it was Sky Max over here, which is a pretty brutal series as well. The new series has got some phenomenal fight sequences in. I think Dave Batista has been a really interesting addition to the second season as well as uh, Baba Voss's brother. Yeah, I um, like him. Yeah. I like how they've sort of expanded the world a little bit more. You know, their queen is now set up in a new location and you're getting, there's almost a bit of Game of Thrones about it. You know, you're getting a mm, bit more of the yeah. politics coming in as well of, of the sort of stuff between the queen and the princess. And we're getting to the point where Baba is going to be involved in some of that. You've got Tom Misson in there as well as Lord Harlan, who's a new character this season. Tom Misson's wonderful, you know, from Watchmen. Okay. It's the game warden, the person that was keeping Jeremy Irons' character in that world. Oh, right. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, also with Ichabod Crane in Sleepy Hollow as well. He's in the new season. They've got some really good additions. It's been solid, this series. Production design's fantastic. I know they moved locations for the second season. because I can't remember where season one was shot but I, they, they pretty much moved it entirely lock stock to Canada or to a different area of Canada because of the fact that the settings were quite different so hmm. so yeah okay. the production design's fantastic on it as well just the little things of like well how would you navigate around this city and they've got these metal cables that go across the roads on the junctions so you can like stick your walking stick up and run it along the cables so you know when you've got to a road junction and it goes left and right. You know, mm-hmm. there's little things like that that they've thought about about how would blind people navigate. And yeah, it's just really, really interesting and cleverly put together. Yeah, I like uh, Dave Batista's part of it as well. Yeah. I think he's been uh, a really, really good addition. Very much sort of an equal to uh, Jason's character. Like yes. they're both people that you wouldn't want to like come across in that sort of thing yeah so and also like the story reasons that he's in it is very very good and fantastic uh watched a drama on channel four i think it's a one-off episode given the way it ends i think it yes possibly is, it is. It's, it's called, it's called help uh, it's called help it's on channel four you can watch it on all four it's about 98 minutes I've got stephen graham and uh, jody coma and it's basically about uh she is or, or becomes like a care worker in this care home and he's actually a, a resident of it as well and it's basically about like the care home 
both a little bit before COVID. Like there's a little bit of talk and stuff about uh, like before COVID, like oh, there was a warning of it and stuff. And obviously people weren't really listening to the, what was going on. Um, and then sort of like the chaos of when it hit the care home and putting that together with actually looking after these people that are already a little bit sick and they're, they're a bit older and stuff like that. And then just the madness about uh, there's there's a lot of focus on the PPE side, mm-hmm. uh, and you see the different like there's like bin bags and stuff that uh, Jodie's character uses and things. Yeah. Her acting in this, call it a film episode, whatever, like special episode, is really really top tier. I mean, Stephen Graham's really really good in it as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd argue that Jodie gets more highlighted though because she's she's just by default on screen a bit more because you know she's one of the care workers and she sort of there's a little bit more focus on her character. But Steve, yeah. Stephen's still on screen for a long period of it it's uh, really quite impactful really 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 good very emotional in certain places and uh, does a good job of highlighting like sometimes it's good to take a look at the world from perspective of something you'd never really see mm-hmm. like a care home and places that we we know are out there and we know that they're dealing with things but sometimes it's good to make a story and focus on how they're dealing with certain not even just certain things in the world the world itself and then you add on this like enormous pressure with covid so i i thought it was absolutely fantastic have you seen this at all i've seen it advertised i haven't got around to watching it yet it is one that i intend to go and watch though um probably got more familiarity with the inner workings of care homes that you have because i used to work in one when i was much younger and was my job while i was at college was working as a care assistant and my mother used to run care homes so Mm -hmm. um i i'm aware of a lot of how those sort of things work and was following what was happening obviously during covid to those care homes and it was i mean it was absolutely heartbreaking just the way that they were dealt with or rather not dealt with yeah Um, yeah. so the actors are great in this so it is one that i i meant to go and actually watch i just haven't got to it yet but uh and Mm. it is a one-off thing it's a one-off film but um i will go and check that out at some point i mean my uh my dad does work at a a care home but he's a cleaner there so he doesn't get involved as directly with like patients and stuff he sees them now and again and like he tells us certain stories and things like that but mm-hmm. I've, I don't think I've I might have been in there when I was younger he's been working there for like 20 something years or whatever right. so or longer than that actually but before I was born I'm pretty sure but anyway he's been there like a long long time I yeah. think I've probably been there when I was younger and stuff but so mm-hmm. and the last thing I've got is uh, War of the Worlds so it's finished season 2 it's got a third season on the way which I think is very good considering how this season ends which I thought was really cool as well I can't really talk about how season 2 ends obviously because of spoilers no. this is the kind of thing I'm talking about when I talk about you know uh, really liking post-apocalyptic stories it doesn't always have to be zombies zombies is a very good addition to those sorts of things like Walking Dead and Black Summer and I could name a whole bunch of different zombie shows but this is basically doing it with, with like robots isn't it with World of World, all these these little like dog yeah. robot type things which some people in I can't remember which country it was probably China some people have made these types of robots not ones that shoot out these metal spikes but there are quite similar to the ones from the, uh, the Black Mirror episode coming yeah. which season I mean, that was they, they are out in the right. world those those robots I mean yes they're not kind right. of violent killing machines like the, the ones in War of the Worlds not, not yet no not yet no <laughs> no but they have um, uh, they have them in the US and they have them in like Japan and I'm sure China has them as well so they have been developed these sort of robot things so they are things out there yeah we really haven't listened to Stephen Hawking have we because he warned us about <laughs> that sort of stuff yes so yeah good job world 
Um, but no, it's a really good series. I thought the characters were really interesting and engaging. Uh, there's a particular character that goes through a few things this this season. I think it's fair to say. Yes. That got me even more kind of invested in the series. But it's that sort of like there's certain points in the show where, and this is a kind of atmosphere sort of thing, when certain characters would look out the window and you'd see like abandoned cars and people dead in the streets and like there's no sort of world anymore, like no sort of civilization. It's that type of stuff and that sort of um atmospheric storytelling that I do like as well. It sort of shows how desperate the world kind of is and how empty it sort of is as well, which I know is very kind of bleak, but that's the whole point of a like post-apocalyptic story. I thought the second season was fantastic. I was really, really intrigued with how the, the season ended. I think that's going to play into season three very, very well. So I've got maybe a few theories about what might happen, but uh, yeah. I'll, talk, I'll talk about that another time, I suppose. So what do you think of this season? It's been great. It's an interesting one as well because it, it's in entirely written by one guy it's Howard Overman who he's probably most famous for creating Misfits the Channel yeah. 4 show and uh, he also did Crazy Head and he's done a number of other things he was involved in in Merlin and Hostel and New Tricks and in Hotel Babylon he's written on a whole bunch of other stuff but he actually created Misfits and Crazy Head was the other thing which was that sort of short-lived series this has been absolutely superb and very yeah. different to a lot of his other stuff you know there tends to be a level of comedy and hit things like Crazy Head and like Misfits and, and this is far far more serious post-apocalyptic sci-fi and there, there are a couple of light moments in it but generally it doesn't have anywhere near the same level of humour as, as some of his other stuff it's very much more straight drama it's really compelling and does a very interesting job of, of taking the basic concept of the sort of world of the world thing but twists it in a way that you don't necessarily see coming so I thought he's done a wonderful job with it it's really solid and well worth watching and uh, I'm glad it's still going on uh, Star on Disney Plus in the UK and uh, Canal Plus are airing it in France I don't know where it's airing in the USA or if it's airing in the USA but it's uh, Star on Disney Plus in the UK I'm pretty sure that Canal Plus used to air um, The Returned yes I think, I think they, they did. did yes I yeah, think they did they used, to, they used to come up when I uh, used to watch that show yeah so that was a great show as well yeah yeah that's what I've been up to David how about you well I have tried out a couple of uh, new games or one of them's new to me one of them is relatively newly released Timberborn was the first thing I tried which is really really fun it's a city builder but with beavers <laughs> so the idea is that uh, I mean it's pretty much what you'd expect from those sort of tropico type city builders in that you start off by placing down supply lines and you're dealing with a city made out of beavers so of course they've got to go and collect wood and they can dam up water and they can build little houses and stuff so it's a sort of it is technically a post-apocalyptic world where the humanity has been wiped out and the beavers have taken over <laughs> and they're sort of sentient beavers so that's the sort of setup for it but um, it's in early access at the moment so there isn't a huge amount of content I mean I played for probably about eight hours and saw pretty much everything that it had on there but it's not hugely expensive I think it's about £15 and it obviously it's 
going to grow as they add more stuff to it. But really, really fun little city builder. I'm very intrigued to see how it expands out once they add more to the tech tree so there's more stuff to build. Basic premise of you start building up your little beaver colony. There are droughts that come along so you can dam up a river to kind of try and save water so when the droughts come along all your beavers don't starve. You can plant fields to grow food. You're basically trying to sort of build out the colony and keep everybody alive. That's essentially the sort of basis of it at the moment. As I say, it's in early access right now, but if you like those sort of city builders, uh, Timberborn it's called, it's on Steam at the moment, and um, it's worth picking up. It is a good little fun thing, but bear in mind there isn't a huge amount of stuff in there right now but it has got a lot of potential to build and they do seem to be actively working on it quite a lot. So that's been quite good fun. The other thing I picked up this week was Empire of Sin because that it was uh, on sale on Steam, which is effectively XCOM, if you know that game, but set in Prohibition era USA. It's a turn-based strategy game. You take control of one of about eight different gangsters that you can start off with and he's based in Chicago and you're you're basically trying to build up a criminal empire by setting up anything from speakeasies to brothels and casinos and all that sort of stuff and there are rival gangs and you've got to kind of try and beat the other gangs and take over the map really enjoying that at the moment I've only played a few hours of that as well although that is a full release game it's from Paradox and they do this sort of stuff very well so I'm quite enjoying playing through that Uh, that's Empire of Sin and like I say it's a sort of XCOM style turn-based strategy thing so that's really good fun got to the season finale of Lucifer Um, I think they did really well with the final season it's interesting because it it sort of expands what I think they originally planned as like a small coda for the fifth season they then expanded out into like a full sixth season so that was sort of interesting to see how they handled things going through the sixth season but I don't want to get into any spoilers about how it ends particularly I think they did a reasonable job with the ending I'm not entirely sold on one of the aspects of it in the I don't know whether I can I'm not entirely I can't really say but I'm not entirely sold on, on one of the aspects of of how they get to the sort of end point without giving anything away. There's something that Lucifer does and the reason for him doing it, I don't think he's necessarily completely well thought out, but where everybody ends up, I think they end up in the right place. And I think it's satisfying in terms of how all the characters slot into certain places when we leave them. And I think they did a a good job in sort of where it actually ends. There were just a couple of plot points that I don't think worked necessarily, but overall introduced some interesting new characters for the final season and um, went well, I thought, generally, and uh, really enjoyed that. So... That's the final season of Lucifer. Uh, In terms of new shows, Young Rock has started airing over here, which I really, really enjoyed. They're about 25 minutes, those episodes, so they're relatively short. They're all up on Sky On Demand. It's great the way they've set it up because Young Rock, obviously, is a TV show about Dwayne The Rock Johnson. It has three actors playing younger versions of himself, and the way they get into it and the way they're framing the story 
is based around the idea that Dwayne Johnson is running for president of the United States in 2032. And he's been interviewed about sort of things that happened in his past life. And then we go and see what those things were. So there is somebody playing a 10-year-old version, a 15-year-old version, an 18 to sort of 20-year-old version of The Rock at different points in his life. Because, you know, he has this history where he started off growing up in Hawaii and his dad is this famous wrestler called Rocky Johnson. So it starts off with that and then sort of the downfall of Rocky's career and what that does to the family and how Dwayne went on to sort of start playing football but then get injured and it deals with all that sort of stuff and just very funny very well put together and based entirely on real life stories of his it's all up on their TV and it's all up on uh, Sky On Demand if you want to go and watch that I don't know whether you've called any of this yet no I saw it uh, on the, the Sky thing but I haven't uh, checked it out yet definitely worth going to watch it's a fun little sort of half hour comedy series and they've cast it really well they're very believable the three kids are very believable as young versions of the rock as well so how many episodes is there uh it's 11 episodes in the first season so okay. um okay. It's, it's and they're about 25 minutes long so it's not that long a show um i'm actually i've actually finished the uh my run through the star wars clone wars which is a wonderful wonderful series and i've i'd forgotten how that ended and they did a wonderful job ending that i'm really intrigued to see you know because we've got an ahsoka live action series coming up i'm really intrigued to see whether they bring any characters back from that and uh in the show but that was superb so i was looking for something else as sort of my i used to put that on when i was eating breakfast in the morning and uh i've now taken to doing that with young rock because it's it's a good kind of length just to sit down and kind of relax into my day you know Mm -hmm. Um, yeah that's young rock that's on sky and now morning show came back for a second season strong opening episode basically picks up exactly where they left off the two news anchors kind of dropping the network in it the entire premise of the morning show is that Steve Carell and Jennifer Anderson start off as these anchors of this morning news show and Steve Carell's character in the first season is accused of inappropriate behavior with some of the members of staff behind the scenes and uh, you know it's all tied up with the sort of me too movement stuff and that results is him getting kicked off the show and we through the spoons character getting pulled in and then by the end of that first season they have become kind of the two leads on the morning show and the first season ends with them kind of dropping the network in it that's the cliffhanger ending of the first season and the second season basically picks straight up after that they start off with it sort of immediately afterwards and then it jumps forward in time a bit and then it sort of jumps back a little bit and so there's a lot of moving around in time but they handle it fairly well it's well signposted you get to see kind of the immediate aftermath of what happened when they went out on air so you see the immediate aftermath of that and then it jumps forward a little bit to what is technically present day and then sort of jumps back a little bit to fill in the gap in between so it's moving around quite a lot really solid that show is that one of the apple shows you've managed to get to yet because i know you've been through yeah best of- yeah i watched season two episode on uh, like saturday or something so yeah. i uh, i quite enjoyed that it was a very very good start I, I really like where the first episode ends as well it kind of kicks off the season really well which mm-hmm. is uh, a really good thing to do especially with a couple of the things between a few of the characters 
<laughs> so yes. um, no, I think that's that's really good, and it's quite a uh, star-studded cast as well, isn't it? So yes, definitely. Yeah, you have sort of all sorts of faces popping up in there, and uh, I mean, it's it's one of those things where I think certainly after that first season went out. I mean, not only has it got pulling power anyway for that first season, but particularly after the first season went out, I think it's one of those shows that with all the critical acclaim it got, I think people will be very very happy to be involved with. So you know, yeah, but no, it was good. Uh, the other thing that dropped recently, the Hawkeye trailer. Which I, I'm assuming you've seen this as well. Yeah. Somewhat surprised by that because I was expecting it to be a bit more kind of, I don't know, dour and serious. And it's essentially, it's a sort of holiday series. I mean, they've really lent into the kind of Christmas vibe. The entire setup for it seems to be Hawkeye trying to get back to his family for Christmas and other stuff getting in the way. And I wasn't expecting that at all, but I rather like that upbeat thing that they were going for in that. It was a lot more fun than I thought it was going to be. I don't know what you thought of it. Yeah, I kind of get what you mean. I wonder if they're going to, because there's quite a serious thing that's been set up for it, which I can't talk about. But um, I wonder if they're going to start off with that because there's little hints of sort of, okay, I'll be back, but you know, won't quite be back yet because, you know, Avengers work and stuff. Yeah. I wonder if they're going to start off like that and slowly peel into like a darker theme once the other thing comes up. I think a lot of that might be from maybe the first couple of episodes or it feels like that's the start of the story. Yeah. I was also a bit surprised to see Hayley's character. I think it's supposed to be called Kate. Apparently isn't his because like the way they first speak to each other is like, oh, you're Hawkeye, not like, oh, oh hi, yeah. dad kind of thing. I'm a bit confused as to what's going on there, but it'd still be great to see her in the show and stuff. But I, I always thought Kate Bishop was supposed to be uh, Hawkeye's daughter. I don't think she was ever actually Hawkeye's daughter. I mean, she may have been a sort of adopted daughter, I guess. At M- some maybe point, that's but, the case then. Maybe that is the, the case. I think she was always a Hawkeye fan, as far as I can tell, which right. is, you know, I mean, they've got different last names you know because it's bishop and barton so i'm guessing she was always a fan i think in the comic books i i whether he actually goes on to a doctor i don't know i don't know my marvel stuff mm. well enough for that but yeah i thought it was really just interesting that trailer and, and just not the tone i expected at all from it but i was rather pleased by uh how that turned out because it it does seem to be very kind of Christmas themed and it's coming out the end of November so you know I think that's quite appropriate so I think that and She-Hulk are probably my two most anticipated of the TV shows I mean because we don't know that much about Miss Marvel or Moon Knight yet yeah it's quite early for those but with things like this and She-Hulk we know a lot of the casting information and that sort of thing Mm -hmm. so those those should be good yeah She-Hulk I am looking forward to as well in terms of other things of course it was the big Emmy Awards last night because we're recording this on Monday I'm not going to go through loads and loads of Emmy stuff, but I did think it was quite interesting just to see what won at the main awards and who kind of got the most awards overall, because the British did incredibly well. I mean, The Crown had 11 awards in total. That's including Outstanding Writing, Directing, Outstanding Drama, Supporting Actor for Tobias Mendes, who kind of did an Anthony Hopkins and didn't think he was going to win, so never bothered showing up, and Lead Actress for a 
Olivia Coleman because you can't have an award ceremony without Olivia Coleman winning something and um, lead actor for Joss O'Connor as well. And I mean, I'm surprised The Crown got quite that many awards, but I think part of the reason, particularly for the actors, is this is their final go at it. So if you're not going to give her an award this time around, you wouldn't have been able to do it for The Crown. Mayor of Easttown got four and uh, including a lead actress for Kate Winslet. So that's another Brit in there. Ewan McGregor won for Halston, which is an outstanding lead actor in the limited series, which was a Netflix one-off series that they did. That, I think, was a bit of a surprise because I think most people thought Hugh Grant would win that for The Undoing. But I mean, he was up against Paul Bettany for WandaVision and Lin-Manuel Miranda and Leslie Odom Jr. for Hamilton. So I, I think that was a little bit of a surprise. And one of the things that got the biggest cheers in the room was Michaela Cole winning for I May Destroy You for Outstanding Writing on a Limited Series as well, which, again, is another thing that I hadn't seen. I know Gray saw this and said it was absolutely phenomenal. In terms of overall awards, though, I mean, Crown got away with 11. The Queen's Gambit got 11 as well. Saturday Night Live got eight in total. Mandalorian got seven. But in terms of last night and the big awards, I think Ted Lasso was the one that really stood out because that got comedy supporting actress for Hannah Waddington, supporting actor for Brett Goldstein, lead actor for Jason Sudeikis, and got got outstanding comedy as well. I know you're a huge fan of that show. Yeah, I do the podcasts on uh, Friday and stuff. It's been a very good season so far. It's been a couple of episodes that I think are supposed to be like bonus ones or whatever because Apple ordered 12 episodes and they only wanted 10, so they made like two bonus episodes or whatever. They made a Christmas episode that was in like the middle of the season. It was a bit strange, but anyway. (laughs) um, Weird. Yeah, really happy for the uh, all, all the people involved and everything. Um, I do think Brett does a very good job as Roy. So he's quite a sort of particular type of character, and he, he gets quite a lot of screen time and stuff. And he's been on uh, his character's been on a very interesting journey this season, that sort of thing. They, they've had these like little segments of him being on Soccer Saturday with uh, <laughs> with like Jeff Stelling and stuff. They they brought in a couple of like pundits and footballers from right, yeah. uh, from the past, which has been great. And he's gotten a bit involved with them. You had um, <laughs> Gary Lineker and Thierry Henry on uh, the most <laughs> recent one which was cool so um, awesome. but as somebody who watches football and is a big football fan it makes me feel a bit more immersed when they actually include real people from yeah. from from the world and stuff Hannah's been doing I think she's been doing a pretty good job as Rebecca I mean, I'm a bit surprised she got nominated for an, for an Emmy when I think about like people getting nominated for Emmys she just wasn't somebody that particularly came to mind but she's still done a very good job and it's good that she won uh, of course Jason's the lead, the lead. of, the, of yeah. the show Ted Lasso again he's got a very kind of particular character it won the actual comedy award then yes outstanding comedy which is great so yeah yeah that's that's really really good and the other good thing about it is is it does draw a bit more attention to uh apple tv plus as well because a lot of people like most people seem to know that there's very good shows on apple tv but i think it's this sort of like oh apple and a streaming service like when you think about streaming and tv you think about netflix and hbo and all these other sorts of places you don't really think about apple yet because it's still relatively new streaming service I mean, I, mean, I mean, they're only sort of in their second, third seasons for certain things. So. Well, exactly. And I mean, overall, actually, the awards, there's a, a you know breakdown of who won what. Netflix got 44 over awards, way, way out ahead of everybody else. Uh, HBO, HBO Max actually came second with 19, Disney Plus with 14, and Apple TV Plus with 10. So, mm. I mean, the streamers, way ahead of everybody else. The top actual network on there was NBC with eight. So, I mm. mean... I, and then everybody else are in like twos, threes, pretty much. 
it's, yeah. it's ridiculous. I mean, weirdly, the the one under that is VH1 with six awards, and I'm guessing that's due to Drag Race, I think, probably goes out on VH1 in the US. And Drag Race picked up quite a lot of technical awards, so hmm. I, I suspect that's probably why, um, yeah. I would yeah. guess. But Netflix, obviously, Crown Queen's Gambit, Love, Death and Robots, which is that um, anthology animated series, did incredibly well. I mean, that picked up six awards. Again, they're more on the creative side rather than the stuff announced last night. But, I mean, that did very, very well. Bo Burnham's mm. Inside got three awards for Bo Burnham. Bo Burnham actually picking up the most awards for an individual or tied certainly at the top of the things with most awards for an individual. Do you think with Netflix, you know, because they often either win a lot of awards or get nominated for a lot of awards, do you think it's because they just make so much TV? Yeah, I, I think that's it, it. It's just a ratio thing, I it's, think. It's a ratio. So. With, with Netflix, there is a certain amount of ratio to it because they do make an awful lot of shows. Yeah, they make like 800 shows a year. I don't know. I don't know how many they make. But, yeah, it, uh, is, it is a ridiculous amount. But yeah, I mean, the, the sort of top list of shows that won, The Crown, Queen's Gambit tied for the most Emmys, Saturday Night Live, Mandalorian actually is up there. I mean, again, they were more on the creative side, but uh, Mandalorian got seven, Ted Lasso got seven, Love, Death and Robots got six, RuPaul's Drag Race got five, Mayor of Town got four, Hacks, interestingly, which is an HBO comedy with Gene Smart in the lead. That's a HBO Max comedy. Gene Smart won for Best Leading Actress and it got Outstanding Directing. And I think that was quite a surprise that that was so high up as well. Who won? Because um, I know Elizabeth Olsen, Wanda, was lead actress in a limited series. Did she win that one? Because I can't find that no, one. No, Kate okay. Winslet won that for Mayor of Easttown. I mean, Mayor of Easttown did really well on last night as well. I mean, that... Mm. that that picked up four awards in total, but out of those four awards, it was lead actress in a limited series, supporting actress and supporting actor for Evan Peters and uh, supporting actress was Julianne Nicholson. So, I mm. mean... It's good to see some Marvel stuff start getting in there though, because before this Disney Plus thing where we had like Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and stuff, I don't remember many of them shows getting Emmy nominated. Um, yeah. So it's good to see a couple of Marvel things in there Yeah, as I mean, well. you know, they got the nominations, which is the important thing. And WandaVision did get three awards, mainly for the production design and for the FX, which, I mean, understandably entirely deserved for that show. It's a shame they didn't get some for the acting side of things, but I mean, there was some tough competition. I mean, I, I haven't actually seen Mayor of Easttown, but again, Gray watched it and said he saw exactly why she was being nominated for all the awards. So it, it was just tough competition from Kate mm. Winslet for that. But he did get three awards and it's great to see The Mandalorian up there with seven. I mean, like I say, mainly on the creative side, but even so, it also got a bunch of nominations for writing and directing. That sort of stuff, that genre stuff is getting in there, which is great. It's really good to see that. Yeah, it's good. That's all the stuff we've been doing this week. Let's move on to some TV and film news. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. 
So in the TV and film news this week, we start off with the renewals, cancellations and pickups. A couple of cancellations, one which you won't care about because it's a show called Generation, which was a Lena Dunham produced LGBTQ dramedy, which ran on HBO Max. That's been cancelled after one season by HBO Max, but that never aired over here. The uh, other one, which I think more people will care about, is The Outpost, which was the sci-fi show that's been cancelled by the CW after four seasons seasons i think i watched a couple that's of episodes a that's a rare occasion yeah i mean <laughs> i it, and it does seem like it was a sort of we've opted not to pick this up again i don't know whether they gave them the opportunity to round it off or not or whether they gave them enough warning about it i i don't mm. know but yes that is a rarity hopefully that doesn't end on a cliffhanger because it is very very rare for the CW to just out and out cancel something. I yeah. mean, unless they do it after one season. I mean, you know, something like Katie Keene, when they cancelled that after one season, it wasn't working. But to do it after four seasons is very rare unless they told them beforehand and said, we're not going to renew you, so finish it. Mm. Got beaten by Riverdale as well. <laughs> so, yes. What's yeah. that next season? Is that season six for Riverdale? I have no clue. I, I, I have I, no I interest. So. I was just wondering, yeah. Moving on to the renewals, only murders in the building has to be renewed for season two at uh, Hulu in the US and Star in the UK. I watched a few more episodes of this. Just great. Really, really fun show that. And uh, interesting, different. Steve Martin's great. Martin Short's great. Uh, Selena Gomez is great. I, you know, we're getting to a very interesting point with that, of uh, the the two older guys starting to find out a little bit more about sort of what's going on, whereas they've been a bit in the dark up until that point. That's been really good. I've been really enjoying that. I'm not seeing that pop up. I'll have to have a look at that. Yeah, go and have a look at that. It's a really fun comedy. The building. Yes. Hmm. It's a Hulu series in the US, Star and Disney Plus in the UK, but it's uh, Steve Martin, Martin Short and Selena Gomez live in this building in New York, I think it is, and somebody dies in the building and they're obsessed with true crime podcasts and they start to realise that the death which the police have ruled as being a suicide isn't a suicide. They're convinced it's a murder and they start make their own podcast about it that's really really fun and really enjoying that it's kind of interesting compelling mm. it's going out weekly as well that high school musical the musical the series has been renewed for season three by disney plus and season three is going to be set at a summer camp so presumably it's now going to be high school musical the musical the series the summer camp but i don't know i mean they seem to be going for a award for the longest title in the world but uh season three is going to be set at a summer camp they have said so it's going to be some of the same cast but the set over the summer that's the idea hmm. which makes it slightly different to the other for the first two seasons you know. I've enjoyed that show for the two seasons that should be uh, interesting for its, its next one it's one of the middle teenage shows where it's not as good as something like Love Victor but obviously it goes for something a bit different but it's not as bad as something like a Sabrina or Riverdale it's very much in that middle bit but very much watchable really good it's still like you know a bit cheesy in certain spots with some of its writing but then it's got that teenage lovely stuff sometimes but it handles it all pretty well yeah in terms of other renewals, one that I think came as a little bit of a surprise, Luther, the Idris Elba drama, that is returning in a film format on Netflix, not the BBC. So that will be back for a film version. I think 2019 was the last time it was on as an actual series. So hmm. uh, it's been brought back again, but it's Netflix that are paying for it. So it will be going out on Netflix. Obviously, Idris Elba back as Luther. It's also going to have Cynthia 
Vero from Harriet and Genius, along with Andy Circus in it. Don't know what roles they're playing, but they are apparently mm. joining for the. Have you seen this show? Yeah, I watched all okay. five seasons of Luther. I don't think it needs to come back. I thought that they kind of, well, they almost sort of dis- well, not destroyed the show. I don't know how to sort of uh, <laughs> describe it without without massively spoiling the last season. But um, I didn't think it really could or should have come back. But you know, this might surprise me. So uh, maybe yeah. I mean, I mean, it's been a very good. It's not a question of quality. It's a question of like, what are you doing next? But I suppose as long as Luther's actually still there, you can still tell detective stories. I just thought that they kind of wrapped things up last time. And I remember finishing the last season thinking like, okay, this doesn't really need to come back yeah. again. So we'll see. Maybe it'll have something a bit yeah. different. At, uh, like I said, it's from Netflix and not BBC. So uh, we shall see. It's Neil Crossback writing it again, who was the person that came up with the whole thing in the first place, who uh, went on to write Mosquito Coast, the Apple series. Okay. Yeah. So um, Jamie Payne, who has directed on The Alienist and Outlander and did quite a lot of the original Luther episodes and was Emmy nominated. Jamie's going to be back directing as well. So, I mean, he's got the same sort of team behind it. He's just, it happens to be going out on Netflix because they paid for it. So Mm. um, presumably it may go out on the BBC at some point later on. But, you know, it's one of those things where Netflix are paying for it, therefore it goes out on Netflix. In terms of pickups, Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist has finally got a season two air date, 27th of September at 10pm on E4. That will be returning at long last. (laughs) You've actually seen some of the season two episodes, haven't you? I have, I have. I've watched, uh, I put my season two, episode 10 podcast out on Saturday. Uh, This season is very, very special. This season is very, I don't even know what word is is correct to describe how good the season is. I don't know if it's, at some points it feels like it's better than season one, but it's sort of a, a different season. It's basically about how is everybody moving on from the events of the end of the first season. Characters get given new things to do Zoe sort of gets you know changes in her life but just like the the performances like the actual musical performances have really blown me away this season so (laughs) far it's just very very special and like I've been thinking about okay this show compared to other shows how how good is it I mean it's for for me it's easily the the best thing on TV at the moment that includes things that are like not on air but still going sort, sort of thing I'd probably say it is the best TV show since maybe Breaking Bad I can't think of anything else that's come out since so I'm talking like the end of 2013 wow. that that's like how high of a bar this show is sort of set for itself um I really think it's very very special and uh, I can't wait for you and Grace to watch it as well mm-hmm. and for you to hopefully be blown away in the same way I mean I mean I can't imagine that you and Gray watch the season and are disappointed I, I can't imagine that as a scenario <laughs> but um but yeah it's it's really quite special so yeah, it's all uh, again I don't know if better than season one but just different to season one because yeah. it's a continuation in it it's a bit different. I am very, very, very much looking forward to watching this. And of course, we've got the Christmas special coming up, which is going out on the Rocky channel. So mm-hmm. yeah, there's there's lots more stuff coming up for Zoe's. But yes, 27th of September, that is back for season two on E4. Another returning show for season two, Another Life, which was the Katie Sackoff sci-fi series, which, what, 2019, I think? 
think was the first season. Yeah, it was a while ago. It's going back a bit. I mean, obviously we've had the pandemic in the middle of it. So that has now got a premiere date for season two. That's the 14th of October. That's returning on Netflix. I really enjoyed the first season of this. I mean, it's basically about a a group that fly on humanity's first interstellar mission. I like the fact that it doesn't take itself overly seriously. It's not gone down that route of making it feel like it has to be a serious kind of full-blown hard sci-fi thing it's a good little mix of slightly more fun sci-fi stuff and and some interesting ideas it's from aaron martin who was the person that wrote killjoys and saving hope and a whole bunch of other things it does very much have that kind of canadian sci-fi feel to it and if you know the sort of shows that i mean things like continuum the that sort of stuff it has that kind of canadian sci-fi feel to it it's on netflix but i I really enjoyed the first season of this so i'm looking forward to that coming back succession returns for its third season that's now given a date it's actually going to be simulcast with the usa so that's coming on monday the 18th of october at 2 a.m on sky atlantic that will be dropping Lock and Key has also got a return date. That's another Netflix show that's returning on 22nd of November on uh, Netflix. That's the Friday. I still want to finish off season one of that. Again, that was really good, but I just, I keep on forgetting that it's there and I haven't finished it. Uh, So I need to go back and just finish off the, I'm about halfway through season one. So I need to go back and watch the rest of that. But that was really, really good. And uh, Narcos Mexico is back for its third season, which is also its final season. That is on Friday, the 5th of November, that returns. And that's also on Netflix. So uh, lots of Netflix stuff around at the moment. They're starting to ramp things up again. Sticking with Netflix as well, there is a new show called Grendel, which they have coming out, which is a live action series based on a Dark Horse comic book. It's coming to Netflix. Abu Bakr Ali is going to take on the lead role, who was in um, Katie Keene. He was in Power Book 2 Ghost as well. So he's going to be playing the lead hero. Uh, well, this is sort of one of those vigilante hero villainy type things. Uh, Grendel is that sort of character. It's based oh. on Matt Wagner's groundbreaking comic book series. Grendel follows Hunter Rose, a gifted fencer, writer, and assassin, as seeking to avenge the death of a loved one, he goes to war with New York's criminal underworld, only to realize why beat them when you can join them. So it's got a little bit of sort of the anti hero stuff going on i don't know the comic book particularly well it does sound really quite interesting it's from andrew dab who worked on supernatural and uh, resident evil he's showrunner writer and exec producer some people from dark horse comics involved obviously in exec producing as well and uh, they worked on things like the umbrella academy which is also a dark horse comic series the comic creator matt wagner is also on there as exec producer as well so yeah, I, I I mean I'm guessing you don't know this comic book either. No, I don't. I don't really know it. But uh, based on what you've you've said and me think, I was just thinking about like Netflix's history with this kind of stuff. They've done a pretty good job with it. I mean, I know they lost all the like Netflix Marvel series because this sounds sort of similar to like a Daredevil Punisher thing to, mm-hmm. in, in terms of tone, obviously. Um, and they've done a they've done a very good job with like comic book adaptions. So hopefully this will be another one that's pretty good because you also got things like what Umbrella Academy. 
that were really good. Yeah. And like a bunch of others as well. And even like adaptions of other things that are a bit darker tone, like The Witcher. I know that's more fantasy, but still that sort of darker tone story. Mm. So, yeah, I mean, I don't know much about it. I'll let the show tell me what it's all about and everything. But um, it, it sounds pretty good. And uh, I like those, those sorts of shows as well. So, I mean, at the moment, we don't have like another Daredevil season or Punish or anything. I guess this will be Netflix trying to get back to that, which is good. So, yeah, I think they've they've done very, very well with a lot of their adaptations. You know, mm. I, Grendel, I, I don't know the comic book particularly. I was aware of the comic book. I just don't know it particularly well. Um, Umbrella Academy, I think he's Dark Horse as well. What I like about Netflix stuff when they're doing the comic book adaptations is they're not going for really obvious things like Sweet Tooth, which was a Vertigo comic book. He's not an obvious thing at all to adapt, but I think they did a wonderful job with that. And now, okay, that's more family fantasy, but it's not as dark, but still did a really beautiful job with it. And Umbrella Academy itself, I think they did an amazing job with that because I mean, if you look at the artwork in the comic book, you do think, how on earth are you going to adapt that? And they've done an incredible job with it. So mm. you look at a lot of this stuff, they, they're doing really well and they're picking really interesting, slightly more obscure comic books to adapt, which is good. And plus they got, um, what, the Sandman show? Yes on the way as well so i think it's good that we're in a period where when you think about comic book adaptions we don't just stick to okay dc and marvel and that's it i mean even like you know walking dead's a comic book adaption i know that's yeah. uh, very, very kind of different but yeah picking up some of these like vertigo comics like we've also had like you know i zombie and that sort of stuff yeah. which was which was great as well um i think it's a good time to shine for those sorts of uh just those those different comic book shows that aren't always batman dc marvel that sort of yeah. stuff there should be another a good one of those hopefully although i haven't started sweet tooth yet and i i do want to it is definitely worth watching sweet tooth i i think they did a you know saying it's not kind of dark like the others but they've done a really really solid job with that it's a great show that's one interesting one coming up sticking with netflix they have ordered something else as well which has got some of your favorite actors in it um mm-hmm. netflix have ordered a series called jigsaw which is described as an innovative suspenseful crime thriller with a cast including giancarlo esposito Paz Vega, Rufus Sirwell, Tati Gabrielle, Peter Mark Kendall, Rosalind Elbe, Jai Courtney, and Nayushka Noor as well. So there's a really interesting cast lineup. Some of those names I'm sure you'll probably recognize. So mm-hmm. uh, what's interesting about it is it spans 24 years. So it centers around the largest heist ever attempted and the vengeance scheming loyalties and betrayals that surround it. It's loosely inspired on a real life story where 70 billion dollars in bonds went missing in downtown manhattan during the middle of hurricane sandy which is a interesting kind of premise for it uh, the thrilling action-packed heist drama consists of eight parts ranging from 24 years before the heist to one year post heist and takes a non-linear approach to storytelling that builds the intrigue and suspense yeah it sounds like it's going to sort of jump backwards and forwards through this sort of 24 year period which is is kind of interesting Interesting. Giancarlo Esposito, obviously from Breaking Bad, Better Call Saul, Mandalorian, The Boys, a whole bunch of other things. He is going to be one of the leads. Uh, Paz Vega from the OA is going to be in there as well. Rufus Sirwell, who you'll probably know from either Victoria or Man in the High Castle, is in there. Tati Gabrielle is from The 100 and Chilly Adventures of Sabrina. Peter Mark Kendall from Chicago Med and the Americans. Rosalind Elbe from Rami. Jai Courtney, of course, from Suicide Squad and Nashura Noor from Here and Now and the Night. 
is in there as well. So from Eric Garcia, who's probably best known for things like Matchstick Men, Repo Men, Anonymous Rex, that's the person who's the creator and showrunner on it. And it's also from Ridley Scott as well. It's Scott Free Entertainment that are producing it. So, you know, mm-hmm. fairly sizable names behind it. I can't quite remember at this exact moment who Jai Courtney is. Jai Courtney was Captain Boomerang. Oh, right, right. Yes. Okay. Yeah, no, I remember him now. Right. Yeah, it's all, it's all coming back to me, which is good. Yeah. <laughs> of course, yeah, John Carlos Pazito as well. That's obviously the big name grabber for me. I'll probably watch it just because he's in it, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I've even said on my gaming podcast, uh, Far Cry 6 is coming out. And because I've sort of not enjoyed Ubisoft's games for a little bit, especially what they did with Assassin's Creed, I remember saying to Robert that, like, okay, I'm probably not going to play Far Cry 6 because I don't have the interest from a gameplay point. But um, his character's playing that delete villain so i'll probably watch like the story cut scenes on youtube <laughs> just because I, I still want to see what uh john kylo brings to that so that's how much interest i have in him and obviously we've seen him in boys mandalorian better cross old breaking bad um quite the actor quite the actor indeed yeah uh, he's, he's, he often plays one of them characters that doesn't have like a physical intimidation but you wouldn't want to be sort of in the same room as him oftentimes it like whether it's as gas or moff gideon or those sorts of characters like he's not quite as likely to hurt you you as a character he's more likely to bring in somebody else and do it so we'll see what he's like in in this as well but he's just such a fantastic actor yeah i mean i don't know all of the actors involved in this but um rufus Sowell is great as well i mean he was wonderful in man of the high castle so uh, he's another one that i would definitely keep an eye on but yeah i'm, I'm very much with you it's interesting they've used a character description for Giancarlo's character which says a natural leader whip smart intense and driven with an engineer's mind and a particular side for detail which sounds very much like a sort of Giancarlo Esposito character you know so I Mm. think that's well suited don't know when that's going to land but obviously they've only just announced it so it's going to be at least 2022 before that turns up Mm. but it's it's a crime thriller it's called Jigsaw and it's going to be an eight part series so it sounds like it's probably a limited series but you never know they might kind of carry on with it afterwards especially with the word in there intense that's one word to describe Gus Fring I suppose yeah it's very true yeah Um, so the last news story we've got this week Games Master the classic classic TV series has officially been revived by E4 although it will be E4 and YouTube apparently it's going out on so uh, it's been 23 years since Games Master's been on air it was a relatively iconic series it was one of the first TV shows basically to be completely dedicated to gaming on British TV it originally started in 1992 was hosted mainly by Dominic Diamond for most of its seven seasons although I think he left slightly towards the end uh, or was booted off it I can't quite remember what happened but um, essentially it had people on uh, mainly members of the public although they did have some celebrity guests and they would be playing games reviewing games you also had kids that would come up and ask for tips from the games master the games master being the legendary Sir Patrick Moore who was kind of this giant floating head that they had Mm -hmm. so one thing they have announced for this is who's going to take over as Games Master on the uh, new show. What they have said is that it's going to premiere on the E4 YouTube channel first and then it's going to go on to normal linear broadcast as well. And I think it's only three episodes they're doing initially, so it's going to be a fairly short run. Mm. They've made it very clear that it is going to be sponsored by Oculus Quest from Facebook or Oculus Quest 2 from Facebook because that's 
mentioned multiple times in the press release. So um, <laughs> clearly you're going to see an Oculus Quest 2 in there. I would think you're going to see a number of games that will work in VR. That seems the VR headset is going to feature mm. fairly prominently on the show, I would imagine. But hopefully they'll be doing other stuff as well. Mm. I, I like VR games, so... Yeah, yeah. Um, not yeah. And there's, there's not always that much focus on them sometimes. Maybe I'm looking in the wrong places for coverage. But uh, yeah, I really like VR games. So um, the one thing I was thinking about initially is they better not have any Nintendo stuff because if they put that on YouTube, then it'll get like copyright strike. <laughs> <laughs> so because we, we all know what Nintendo's like with that sort of thing. Yes. Um, that'll be interesting if that if that did maybe happen. But as you said, they seem to be focusing a bit more on uh, VR, which is very cool. Yeah. So um, we'll see. I imagine it won't just be VR. I imagine it will be generally other stuff, but you can guarantee there will be at least one VR and they're going to be using the Oculus Quest 2 to do it at least per show that there's going to be one or two games in there that are VR based as I say one thing missing for the announcement is they've you know Games Master was the sort of legendary figure played by Sir Patrick Moore in there there's been a number of people that people have been bandling around about who could take over the role Dominic Diamond would be an interesting one but only for fans of the original show who knew who he was but it would be a nice little interesting callback you do wonder whether they would get maybe some sort of bigger name to sit in there. Uh, Patrick Stewart seems to be quite popular as an option. Darro Breen, I think, as an avid gamer, would be a great choice for it. Plus, you know, he's got the comedy round head already, so, you know, that helps. Um, yeah. but, um, so we'll have to see. We'll have to see who they announce for it. But um, mm. we don't know when it's landing either. They've just said that it will be made to go on the YouTube channel and we'll go out there first and then we'll go on to E4 afterwards as well. So mm. It'll be interesting to see how much they lean into like the old nostalgic stuff from the old show and how yeah. much they lean into getting new viewers in. Um, I'm, I'm sure they'll, they'll balance it pretty well, but uh, that'll be interesting. That will be an interesting thing because, I mean, retro gaming is still is quite popular as well. So I, whether they lean into yeah. some of the retro stuff because of the fact that it's Games Master or whether they are completely doing it with new stuff i i don't know it'll be interesting to see what the what the mix of the format is yeah like i say games master officially revived coming to e4 and to the e4 youtube channel at some point they haven't given a date for that yet that's all the news we've got for this week we'll just move on to some highlights for next week on tv So highlights for next week, we have Why the Last Man, which we've talked about a lot on the show, but uh, that Mm. is finally being released, coming to star on Disney Plus on the 22nd of September in the UK. This is another comic book adaptation. This follows Yorick Brown, the last male human survivor of a planet-wide plague that simultaneously kills every mammal possessing a Y chromosome. I'm really looking forward to this, and I really like the comic book, so we'll see how that plays out, but 22nd September on Star on Disney Plus for that. Dear White People season four and uh, final season of Dear White People that returns on the 22nd of September on Netflix and Star Wars Visions, which is this anthology series, which is set in the Star Wars universe, but done in the style of traditional Japanese anime. Star Wars Visions lands on Disney Plus on the 22nd of September as well. 
RuPaul's Drag Race UK returns for a third season. That's on the 23rd of September at 7pm on BBC Three. And then on the 24th of September, we have Foundation coming to Apple TV+, Plus, which is their big new sci-fi opera thing based on the Isaac Asimov's novels. That is coming on uh, the 24th of September to Apple TV+, Plus, and that is Foundation. I'm very much looking forward to seeing how that plays out. The Resident returns for its fourth season. That's in Sky Witness. That's on the 24th of September at 9pm. And we have Mr. Mayor coming to Sky Comedy. That's on the 24th of September at 8.30pm. And that's the new series starring Ted Danson as a wealthy businessman who runs for mayor of Los Angeles for all the wrong reasons. It's from the people behind 30 Rock. So that's, so I'm sure that would be very, very funny. Cool. Yeah. Uh, Last Leg returns for its 23rd season. That is back on the 24th of September at 10pm on Channel 4. Also on the 24th, we have Midnight Mass, which is a limited series from the producers of The Haunting of Hill House. That is arriving on Netflix on the 24th of September. I think Raul Cooley's in that. Yes, I been, think he is. Yeah, he's, yes. been, he's been tweeting about it and stuff, and I follow him on uh, Instagram. Yes, so. from, from iZombie. Yeah, yes. He's also in the, the second, I think it's called Blind Manor the second yeah. Hill House he is. Uh, series thing yes, he's, I, he's, he's really cool I think so. you're right I think he is in that yeah Midnight Mass that's called it's a limited series coming 24th of September to Netflix BMF which I think stands for Black Mafia Family which is what it was originally called but it's coming to start play on the 26th of September that lands For Life Season 2 and unfortunately the final season of For Life that is coming on the 27th of September at 9pm on Sky Witness and as we mentioned earlier zoe's extraordinary playlist season two e4 27th of september at 10 p.m that lands on e4 and i'm very very much looking forward mm. to that i'm very excited for you and gray to, to see that yes Definitely. me too yes <laughs> very much looking forward to it so uh that's all the stuff coming up for the next week there's quite a lot coming next week so uh, yeah we're getting yeah. back into new seasons as well if people want to find more of your stuff, where can they find you? You can find me on entertainmenttalk.org for TV, video games, films, Manchester United podcasts. May United have had an interesting, let's call it that, start to the season. <laughs> um, if you are interested, because I mentioned zombies a few times, if you're interested, I did uh, top five best zombie TV shows. Yeah. Uh, not not necessarily all of them are Walking Dead ones, but uh, the, I, I chose from uh, from a list and uh, put them into a top five. So you can check out all that stuff. Uh, me and David are doing Walking Dead. I'm doing uh, Ted Lasso. Um, which is approaching its uh, sort of season finale and stuff and uh, just a bunch of other things as well uh, if you want to catch me on uh, Twitch I stream games now and again uh, it's eTalk UK on there also a uh, useful thing if you want uh, YouTube video notifications of the podcast because not everyone's going to check the website all the time you might not be subscribed on podcast platforms if you subscribe to Entertainment Talk Plays on YouTube I've been putting up these little videos basically just to let you know that new podcasts are out and then I give you different options of where you can actually find them so if you subscribe to Entertainment Talk Plays on YouTube that's where those go up and that's also where the archived Twitch streams go on as well so you'll be able to find both of those things over there so check cool. that out yeah you can actually get this podcast up on YouTube because Acast are the people that disseminate our podcasts out there mm-hmm. uh, they've got now got an option which automatically puts it up onto our YouTube channel so you can actually find the podcast there's no video or anything with it it's audio only but it will go up on the YouTube channel as well so if you subscribe to the YouTube channel you can get the podcast through there if you wish to do it that way as well as all your other podcast platforms mm-hmm. um, 
Of course, for other people involved in the show, you can go to uh, Bex on twitch.tv forward slash Bytes. That's B-Y-T-E-S. She'll be streaming daily and uh, doing all sorts of fun stuff over on her Twitch channel. So go and check her out over there. Daryl, you can find at hollywoodnorthnews.net for all the TV shows you love shot in Canada. And of course, Matt, as you mentioned, you can find over at entertainmenttalk.org for lots and lots more podcasts. For us, you can go to the website at geektown.co.uk throughout the week and see all the latest air date information. If you want to get in touch with your questions or comments, email us on podcast.geektown.co.uk. Leave a message on the website post. Find us at Geektown on Twitter, on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash geektown, on YouTube at youtube.com forward slash geektown, and on Instagram at geektownuk. That is everything. Think we shall see you next week. Bye bye. Goodbye. Transform your home in one weekend with paint from Menards. Get a paint that combines durability and gorgeous color. Dutch Boys DuraClean Interior Paint and Primer in One offers stay clean technology, making your home stay beautiful and clean longer. And with Dutch Boys Easy Opening Smooth Pouring Container, transforming your home has never been easier. Save big money on Dutch Boy paints and head into Menards to get your paint project started today. Save big-